0: Welcome to Subject to Blackout. My name is Timo, and with me, as always, is Mike. Mike, how you doing?
1: Good, Tim. How are you?
0: Good. Uh, This past Friday night, you and I decided to make our way back to the movies for the first time in what seemed like a very long time.
1: A while, yeah, although you went to Spider-Man. I did go to see Spider-Man. But but in this post-COVID reality that has been eclipsed by Ukraine. We'll, I'll just say post-COVID. Who's going to call me on that? Post-COVID. Post-COVID
0: reality. Pre-nuclear holocaust. So that, yeah. that little window that we're in right now. <laughs> um, we decided to go see Matt Reeves' The Batman. Uh,
1: yes, we did. It was a three-hour movie. It, it
0: certainly was Let's every open with second. That.
1: It's three hours.
0: Very long movie. About uh, the
1: same amount of time it takes for the Titanic to go down. It's...
0: It's uh, It's like Ben-Hur. In that way, it seems like a short amount of time, but I guess it was also long because boats usually sink faster. So, yeah. Yeah. Way to take forever, Titanic. Uh, Yeah, so we went to go see it in theaters. Uh, We saw it in IMAX. I say IMAX in air quotes because it was just a bigger screen than
1: normal. It was a big screen.
0: Um, But uh, what were some of your thoughts on this epic articled uh Batman movie.
1: I mean I've been thinking about it all weekend which you know because I've been sending you reviews that I agree mm-hmm. with. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. No, that's not true. I know how I feel about it. I didn't like it. Uh but but there's more nuance to it than TLDR I didn't like it. I think while there were moments that were really visually impressive, there were some really cool s- shots. A lot of those shots I've seen in like other Batman movies, I think, okay, I have so many thoughts. Let me sum it up this way. If the Christopher Nolan movies, right, were a gritty, realistic Batman, and that was a reaction to the campy Batman of the 90s, then this assumed trilogy is a reaction to how much money can still be made by basically just remaking The Dark Knight.
0: That's not an unfair assessment of what we saw. Yes. Uh, And I myself, much like you just described, don't really know after, after a full weekend how I truly feel about this movie. Because I have thoughts. Like, we walked out of the theater and one of the things I said was like... I do not need another one of these, let alone, like, two more. <laughs> and I saw someone online today being like, this needs to be an eight-movie
1: saga. And I was just like, oh, I'm getting kidney stones from your opinions. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm thinking about, though. So, because I spent all weekend trying to think about, like, why didn't I like it? And here's, here is, I think, the fundamental problem with how narrow the scope of a Batman movie has become. That when you try to to ground Batman in entirely realistic circumstances, you lose a core element of the narrative that comes out as just like a bunch of smug little shits going like, why doesn't Bruce Wayne just sort of like pay for everything and then there won't be inequality and no one will need Batman. But it's because in actual Batman canon, in the Adam West version of Batman throughout the 90s Batman, throughout comic book Batman, there is a criminal class who are not the result of, like, inequality. They simply just exist as chaos agents. And that's why Batman exists. Batman doesn't exist because of inequality. That was kind of like... It's always been present in all of the Batman media that there's inequality and that there's sort of, like, this Gotham City aristocracy. But Christopher Nolan was the person who leaned so deeply into creating realistic characters that he lost that fundamental element that kind of motivates Batman. And that's how we get to this point where we just kind of have a Batman who just kind of goes after psychopaths and just broods over his dead parents.
0: I would agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. However, I, when it comes to the Chris Nolan thing, I think this movie takes what you're talking about to the next level, which I actually want yeah. to talk to a little bit more about, where it brings up uh modern societal issues uh and, and specifically quite a few leftist talking points in this mm. movie, which is the thing I'd like to talk about coming up. But when you talk about the chaos agents and... A criminal class being created by the inequality of Gotham, the Waynes, and Batman in and of himself, or or Bruce Wayne. Um, I think Chris Nolan flirts with that idea in the third movie, in The Dark Knight Rises. But he uses Bane taking those talking points and cynical using them to gather support around his cause... Which Mm. does not actually give a fuck about any of those. Right. And then, and then the Joker in the second one is absolutely, I mean, he calls himself an agent of chaos. Right. Um, so I think this one saw what Nolan was hinting at and was like, well, what if we make Batman and his parents the root cause of inequality in the world? And I think that is like you sort of intimated a boring, And uninteresting, interesting idea, if that makes sense. Like, it's an interesting concept, but it's just so banal and true to life that it's like, why is this a superhero movie?
1: Well, it also, it limits the scope of who the villains can be. Because basically then, if you're drawing from the actual, like, the, the Batman canon, the only... Villains you can actually have are ones that you've reduced to being just sort of like psychologically organized serial killers. Mm -hmm. That's really all you have left. So you just sort of reinterpret the Joker as a serial killer. In the case of this movie, you just reinterpret the Riddler as a serial killer. And I mean, there are other ones that you could do. You could interpret Scarecrow as a serial killer. He's like a doctor. You could interpret uh, the Mad Hatter as a serial killer
0: you could reinterpret mr freeze uh as a serial killer trying to revive his wife and killing others in 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 her
1: stead i would say i mean i'm wondering if that's true because in i'm just i'm just looping this in with with batman begins but in Be- in batman begins there is an example of like something kind of crazy high tech that's like magical right that there's like a a vaporizer engine thing on a subway and that's yeah. going to vaporize so like that's that's kind of wild. That's a very classic Batman, but in this case there are just sort of like terrorist bombs and like kind of QAnon supporters. And like those are sort of like the weapons of the Riddler. And I don't think that Mr. Freeze would work simply because Mr. Freeze relies on a lot of technology to survive and to keep his creepy dead wife in <laughs> In kind of like sustained yeah, animation. Fr-
0: yeah, I don't think Freeze could work in necessarily this universe. but Yeah, Poison I, maybe, Ivy I don't
1: think could yeah. work unless she's just an eco-terrorist, but she doesn't really have any cool powers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, this universe... Man, much- Bat, Man Bat could never work, <laughs> which is bullshit. Where the fuck is Man Bat?
0: This universe limits the fantastical uh, aspects of, of Killer Batman... Croc. Which we, you know, I think you look at something like the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO Max and you see it rejoice in the absurdity of some of the Batman villains. Uh, And it embraces the criminal class. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful because it decides to do so. I think having the Nolan trilogy was a nice... Breath of fresh air after some really mediocre to bad Batman movies that were overly silly that had too much product placement in them. That was um, too referential to the Adam West universe in a universe that was supposedly the same one that the Joker and the Penguin and Catwoman were all in. Those movies were all supposed to be in the same general universe. That's why they say had the same Alfred. But so like you were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, having the Nolan trilogy as as a reflection, as a as a counterpoint to that was nice. But this just is like, I don't know, what if we take it to eleven? What if we do yeah. the Zodiac movie Super, but with it, Batman? It is Zodiac,
1: but with Batman. That's exactly what it is. And
0: instead of having the beautiful, complicated ending of Zodiac, where one of the main characters just walks into a, a an Ace Hardware and looks at a guy and goes, I now know yeah. for me that that's the killer. And that's how the movie ends. Right. <laughs> we just get this big, dumb action sequence that. For me, I was with the length of this movie. But to give me that for the last 45 minutes, I think while thinking about this, I, I read the articles that you sent me. I, I watched some YouTube videos. I listened to some podcasts about this film. I think the thing that killed this movie for me that made me never want to see another one in this again, despite liking almost the entire cast, was that final third act where they go to you know gotham square garden or whatever and uh you know this entire time it's been the single murder or this you know vaguely accomplishable terroristic act and then all of a sudden paul dano can blow up seven seawall points like choreographed beyond belief and know where that's going to flood and everyone's going to go to this one center. And then a bunch of incels are going to have sniper rifles and somehow evade security and get in and start shooting every like what that it, just goes from this, you know, theoretically or, realistic or Batman There's, movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: There were, there were a lot almost, of leaves, and it was described like seven. So yeah. yeah, and it it goes from
0: seven to fucking a weird angsty Marvel movie in like five seconds. And I did not care for that. I thought that was a giant flaw with the structure of this film.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I was interested to see where this goes. I'm sure they're going to do multiple movies. I'm sure this is making plenty of money. And they're obviously going to do the Joker next because, again, where else can they go? Like I think Paul Dano was cast to when Paul Dano was cast. I think they're probably just like, can you just be Heath Ledger? Yeah. And I think when they do the Joker, someone's going to be like, we're going to see months of like took an original take on the Joker, but then we're going to see the movie. And it's going to be like, okay, he just did it. Like Heath Ledger did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's
0: the Joker's so overdone that, I mean, he's in iconic video games. He's in iconic cartoons. He's in two iconic Batman movies in other not iconic Batman movies. <laughs> um, there's just there's no new place and we talked about this on Friday, there's no new yeah. place to take it. It's just devoid of any creative license at this point.
1: right Yeah there's just it's a there's a narrow scope for what's allowed to be a Batman movie now and part of it is that like DC insists on being this sort of grim dark counterpoint. To Marvel, which is like exciting and colorful and flamboyant, but how how did you feel about Robert Robert Pattinson? And while on one hand, I think this movie underscores how the animated series remains probably the best representation of Batman and the Batman universe. How would how would you rank Robert Pattinson among the other feature live film action Batmans? Batman? Yeah.
0: So yeah. one of the weird things about this movie. And it almost makes the articled The Batman uh, appropriate is that Bruce Wayne is in this movie for less than 10 screen minutes. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, we don't develop Bruce Wayne.
0: No, the, and that is a part of the plot for certain. Yeah. Um, and the end of this movie basically is. Batman and Bruce Wayne learning that he also needs to be Bruce Wayne. That is the main theme of the movie, which means the sequels can't get more grim dark without completely missing the point of this movie, but we shall right. see right. Um so, as just Batman, I thought he was very good mm-hmm. um. I had him? issues with uh uh Nolan's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um
1: so you you'd put him above Christian Bale.
0: I don't know. I would like to see this a second time. Okay. But what I mean for Michael me,
1: Keaton. Uh
0: I, I don't know those movies well enough. I think I saw the Batman most recently, probably more than a decade ago. Sure. Um but, for me, those movies don't work as well as this one. He's probably above Keaton. It So it's probably for me like everybody else, uh, if if we're including movies because I think uh, Ben Affleck, and this is not a popular opinion. I think Ben <laughs> Affleck was a perfectly fine Batman. Mm-hmm. I just he, think he was in really he's a terrible bazooka
1: movies. alcoholic Batman. That's,
0: okay, but that that's an interpretation of Batman that I'm fine with existing. At <laughs> least it's not the same. Um I think he's a decent Batman and an even more decent Bruce Wayne. I think he's a pretty good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he um, seems
1: like a good Bruce Wayne.
0: Uh But he's in just god awful fucking movies, and that's why he stopped doing it. So I think for me, it's like Val Kilmer and then Michael Keaton. And right now, probably Pattinson and then Christian Bale. And then Um, Clooney. Clooney's way at the bottom. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's. And number one is Will Arnett, obviously. Um, (laughs) Lego Batman for life. Uh, But yeah, I I think. Yeah, I think he's probably second. But I mean, he that's just as Batman because he hasn't done Bruce Wayne. And the ten minutes he does Bruce Wayne in this three hour movie, he's just a gloomy gus. Sure. How about you? What were where do you stack Pattons' performance in, in the
1: Batman canon? I think I think Christian Bale did a great job with the balance of a, a Batman personality versus a Bruce Wayne personality of being like a playboy. So honestly, I would put Christian Bale at the top of my at the top, followed by Michael Keaton. And then I would say followed by Robert Pattinson and then George Clooney and then Val Kilmer. Ooh, I think I, I think, really
0: like the I really like Batman Forever. I, I think really Batman Forever really like is kind Val of stupid.
1: Kilmer's. I think that Batman and Robin is like the fucking it, it was it was <sighs> a, that Adam West camp. as fuck. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I figured I figured you would have a soft spot in your heart for that particular version, but uh yeah. Alicia
1: Silverstone, it was like it, it was it's like the most 90s cast you can possibly imagine. Alicia Silverstone, Uma Thurman, Chris O'Donnell. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chris O'Donnell, and George Clooney. Yeah. It was like it was like they're like we're going to just make this specifically to stick a right into a time capsule. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty 90s. Yeah, it doesn't get it doesn't get more 90s than that. But yeah, it was, you know, I liked those movies growing up. But even as like a teenager or whenever that movie came out, I was like, this feels lame. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it. But there is something off about this movie. But you you are one to enjoy your camp.
1: Yeah. With Adam Sandler as. Bane. Adam Sandler as shit. Man bat. <laughs> Uh one of the one of the things that we also and Rob about Snyder
0: as Steven Dash <laughs> Uh no one of the one of the other things that we talked about as we were coming out of the movie was you know this was supposed to be the grim ultra ultra realistic Batman take yeah that's like was. seven and Zodiac and uh Congratulations. But, yeah. One of the things that felt off to me was how many times, and you mentioned this as we were leaving as well, it felt like there was almost like we were a half step away from the dialogue being so ludicrous as to be comedic. Yeah. And you like I
1: kept, said, I was making up lines in my head the whole time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like there was a point. Early like the movie opens up with a Batman like voiceover of him like journaling.
1: And I'm like remember he does the Batman voice when he journals? Yeah, because you know, as one does June (laughs) twenty-fourth. Dear Zanga.
0: Alfred forgot to starch my shirts again today. I'm starting to get worried that this isn't laziness, but in fact a uh, sign of early onset dementia.
1: Oh God, yeah, I love I love that he does the Christian Bale Batman voice because
0: he he does it at like a four out of ten, but he definitely does do it. Yeah, uh, but like <laughs> there are some scenes where it's like Batman sounds like Rorschach, and there is a scene yeah. at the end where again the voiceover comes in because he's journaling. And he sounds like Abed from Community standing on top of the roof like I am the night. <laughs> there is no night without me. I am the night. The day cannot come without my allowance. <laughs> the day asks and I will not concede. <laughs> like
1: it's yeah, so I, ridiculous. I love that they would jump into his live journal and shit like that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he would have lines too. Like there's this whole this whole sequence where Zoe Kravitz is explaining white privilege to the audience because Zoe Kravitz is someone who's come from nothing and just coincidentally shares a name with some very yes, anyway, so
0: I just saw her dad on a perfume ad before
1: I came in the room right i don't i i i I would like to hear the story of her struggle but but where she's arguing with. Uh, Robert Patterson as Batman not as Bruce Wayne and he's kind of giving like one word answers where she's kind of like trying to articulate her particular feelings about the inequalities of Gotham City and his answers are kind of like you know okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right you got a lot of cats like this is kind of like like he's like really putting on this performance where he's just like so, like like Batman is like super wooden and inarticulate. God, I loved, I loved some of those moments. Uh, they are just seconds away from being kind of funny. Our theater did laugh a few times. Yeah, like sometimes
0: inappropriately. But like sometimes there was just like a line where like, was that supposed
1: to be serious? Because that did not play serious. Yeah, what the fuck was the deal with the Penguin? Let's talk about the Penguin. So hang on. Okay. So, because of this movie, HBO Max is going to have two shows. Really? For the, Yeah, for for this, this Batman universe. The first one is Penguin, which picks up where this movie leaves off about Penguin, which is pretty much anywhere because he isn't even called Penguin in this movie. He's just like some guy. He was and called Penguin a couple times. Was he called Penguin? Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to do an Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. show. And then, supposedly, although this is s- supposed to come later, but there's going to be a new Batman animated series with the original creators and Matt Reeves who did this one. Okay. And the ori- the original creators said they were going to turn the German expressionism up to 11. So if, this, if Matt Reeves, who directed this, is not super involved, it could be cool. But if they want it to be just like super dark nighty, but just with like really sick kind of German expressionist backgrounds, it's gonna fucking blow. Yeah. Uh, like is Mark Hamill even gonna be the Joker? You yeah.
0: know? No, they're gonna they're gonna get uh, what's his bucket to reprise his role, Thirty Seconds to Mars guy.
1: <laughs> oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. God, fuck that guy.
0: Uh, Sure. Uh, when the Joker shows up at the end, I was like, Oh, and you asked me a question, uh, via text, I think last night, and I ignored it to save it for the pod. You said, uh, did the Riddler even ever say, riddle me this, Batman?
1: He doesn't. He's supposed to say that. The like answer every, is
0: no. And
1: they every gave, every 10 seconds, they gave yes. that
0: line to the Joker when he says to the Riddler, riddle me this.
1: Yeah. It's like, no, that, the Joker has his own
0: shit. Why do we have to give the Joker everything? <laughs> like right. uh, he's gonna get his own move. He literally got his own movie in a Batmanless world. Uh right. he's going to get a sequel to this movie, almost certainly. Like I mean, just to the dark night. Can't can't we just have a a Jokerless Man, Batman that. F- Man that. Not in this world. He wouldn't he wouldn't. Uh, be able to live in a world with high seawalls.
1: Man bat, Killer Croc could. Maybe. Maybe. Or just bring back Razal Ghoul. Ghul. Just make him all mystical and shit. There's, there's
0: a lot of villains who I think you could make work in this world and have it not be the Joker again.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember this. I rewatched all of Batman the Animated Series over the summer, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that the intention was to make a movie that focused on Batman as the detective. You know, obviously DC yeah. stands for Detective Comics. Batman was an early, early flagship character. So I like that idea. I mean, there are elements of that. It's kind of like why people were comparing it to Seven. But it's so gloomy and there's no break from it. And it's that's it, not like a requirement in Batman. A lot of Batman is actually really flamboyant and and Batman isn't that tortured. Like he's like kind of yeah, obviously he's always upset about his parents. He like he won't chill about it, but like he's not seconds away from like taking his own life in the in the way that it seems here. So Well,
0: and the only time we've ever gotten one of the most flamboyant characters in the Batman series, Robin. Is when the Shoemaker or Schumacher yeah. Batman movies just went started to go, in my
1: opinion, off the rails. It did go off the rails. Let's get some fucking Robin back in here. Get Chris, Chris O'Donnell's not busy.
0: But like, can you get like a, a a you know not a child actor but a young actor to play this like? red and green and black mass black guy in this universe absolutely not because batman oh, would be immediately be. labeled a pedophile in this universe whereas it's just this fun thing to get like kids involved like they you can could. help batman like that's what the origin of robin is it's about involving the main uh you know readers of the comic books involved in thinking like oh it could be me but instead we're just going to get another joker in a world where the joker murders people uh like 18 million times in a five-hour movie
1: if you had to cast robin timothy shelby damn it i was gonna say timothy shelby
0: <laughs> of course <laughs> it's timothy shelby a he's a really good actor and b he looks like he's 12 still
1: <laughs> yeah it'd be so weird Or like one of the stranger things kids you could do one of them Ooh, the one without teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd be great because he because because Robin Robin's got to have an attitude. Yeah. 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 And I
0: guess the one thing that I kind of teased earlier is that they bring up these like kind of leftist modern political issues in this movie. And. Nolan's Batman, especially the third one, definitely dealt with like Occupy Wall Street. And, yes. and that sort of antagonistic relationship between the 99 and 1%. And I didn't have bump up against it as much as I did just the short little mentions of this stuff in this movie. And I was thinking, why? Why did I find those so cringeworthy and uncomfortable? And, and I think what I've come to the conclusion is, is that the movie has nothing to say about those issues.
1: Right. Well, because it's, it's Batman. and and But I mean, and, it's, it's kind of what I'm saying about that. Like, it seems like class, it seems like Batman actually exists in our universe, obeying our cultural rules, but he doesn't. He exists in a universe with a criminal class. And so the circumstances that Batman is reacting to are totally different, even though it seems like it's the same. Because
0: as a billionaire, you can do more with your financial means than you could ever do punching strangers in the face. Right. And so when Catwoman brings up, you know, fucking over some VC bros or, you know, they talk about, you know, you know, privilege or whatever whatever they decide to bring up and 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 sort of highlight even even this like, you know, incel movement that they kind of hint at with the riddler. It's like but you're not making any statement on right. like you're not coming up with any new thought as to how Batman specifically can either combat or not combat with those argu- with those uh you know societal issues. So why bring them up at all? And I think the only point is to just ground this in realism with modern day talking points. And that's what makes it that. so cringeworthy.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, <clears throat> if Batman existed in our universe, these are all the questions we would be asking. I mean, someone would have tiktok him, like, changing. We would have known he was Bruce Wayne after like 10 minutes. Yeah. So, but, but, uh, yeah, it tr- it tries to draw on those politics, but Batman doesn't really obey those politics. If you want to apply those politics, then like, there's nothing ethical about Batman existing. And I don't think Bat, I don't think Bruce Wayne would have come to the conclusion that this was the way that he could clean up Gotham City under those circumstances either. Like, the whole point of being Batman is he's sort of like making the self like selfless sacrifice as a way to. I guess sort of personally kind of cleanse himself of the guilt that he feels over the death of his parents, but also to sort of like build their legacy of uh, reversing inequality in Gotham city. I mean, we see that in this movie too, where he stays sort of like committed to, to his role, even though he has this strong and important relationship with Catwoman. So like, like, I don't think he would choose to do this out of a bunch of different options. Batman feels like this is the best option. And in a world where we're talking about like, well, you could just finance stuff, you know, or like it's about white male privilege. Then being Batman is not the best option. And I don't think he would have picked it.
0: No, no, I think I think you're definitely hitting on the point that makes this whole thing ring untrue. Um, Is that? Yeah, I mean. Uh, You know, as a resummarize what you just said, but like, yeah, in in a world where the problems are financial and power based, someone who has, you know, unlimited financial resources and a ton of power is yeah, it's just a power fantasy to go out there and start punching strangers. And it is it is not actually solving any of the actual problems.
1: Right. And as we see in this movie, too, it, it doesn't exactly bring bat- Bruce Wayne any comfort or joy to do these things. He's no. just as tortured as he would be otherwise. And another thing. What the fuck was the deal with Colin Farrell? What the fuck was that shit about? Why was he even in this movie? It just covered him in prosthetics. Couldn't even fucking tell it was him. It wasn't even like Irish or anything. He was just kind of like, hey, I'm walking here. What the fuck was that shit? <laughs> I mean,
0: all right, real, real quickly, my last point on the previous subject before we get Colin Farrell. Uh the, One of the things that also bugs me about that is that, like, if he was doing this, he would be doing it because he was disillusioned because his father's plan didn't work. Right. Like his father investing money and time and political capital didn't work. But except for his dad being killed, he didn't know that. The money wasn't working. <laughs> like, right. He finds that out in this movie. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, I giant structural <laughs> issues with, uh, putting Batman in a realistic universe. But as far as Colin Farrell, like, I think it's an amazing performance, uh, because the entire time I was like, I'm not sure if that's Colin Farrell. So he's doing good voice. He's doing good work, but. Why not just hire someone who kind of looks like that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> instead of Colin Farrell.
0: Yeah, and my only answer is Matt Reeves must have a relationship with him because yeah. I have no fucking idea.
1: Yeah, no, that's got to be it. Yeah, why? Why we even bother? Like they covered him in prosthetics. He did a totally different voice. It's unlike a bunch of other roles. It's like the same thing. It almost feels like how they're how they got um, what's his face. Vin Diesel to do the voice of Groot. You know, or, or Bill Hader did BB-8. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why? 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 Okay. Like,
0: and 90% of the time, it's a relationship behind the camera.
1: Yeah. So I think that's exactly right. And I think somebody wanted to show off a combination of, like, physical effects, prosthetics, and, like, CGI. I think that was probably part of it, too.
0: Now... Before we leave the movie for good, one of the reasons why, like, when the eventual sequels come out, I will probably go see them. Yeah, we'll see him. Is one of the reasons. Yeah. Opening weekend, we'll see him. Probably. Yeah. Uh, unless we got COVID-22 or whatever. Um, yeah. One of the reasons why I won't hate going to see him is because I think all of the performances are really good. I think they're really every, good. I think every problem I have with this movie is structurally me because too. I don't hate the plot. I don't hate the characters. And I think the performances and cinematography were both outstanding.
1: I I agree with all of that. I think Colin Farrell was stupid, but I think that everything else made a whole lot of sense. I think Zoe Kravitz, despite some not me, not liking some of the, her lines. I think she was one of the most interesting catwomen. Yeah. To ever be on screen, I would put her above both Anne Hathaway and Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she did awesome. What about Halle Berry? Ooh, Halle Berry. Oh, I forgot, forgot about, about her. That. <laughs> 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 oh man, bummer. And Eartha Kitt on the uh Adam True. Adam West one. So, yeah, I thought she was great. Barbara Patterson, not the worst Batman. No.
0: No, not by far.
1: Uh Annie Circus, not the worst Alfred. No, he was actually pretty, pretty good. good. I yeah. liked
0: him. I don't I don't, don't think we got enough of him.
1: I agree. Yeah, he was in like two scenes. Um
0: you got uh, uh I want to call him Jason Wright. That's not his name. I always forget his da- Jeffrey Wright. You've Jeffrey oh, yeah. Wright as, as Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, he's great. I thought he, he was, was fantastic. I like yeah. Jeffrey Wright and everything he's in. I Me wish too. I could remember his name. You're racist. Um, Paul Dano was good, I thought.
1: Uh, he could have killed himself in real life in order to promote this movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't. If he and really then, wanted to go full Dark Knight. And then we got some fun, that maybe not came into the role, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got some fun, like big name actors playing small parts. John Turturro is Carmine Falcone. Yeah, he's uh, great. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard is the Gotham Jistic. Attorney who gets his head blown off.
1: Oh yeah. Who
0: <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking I about the about fact that. that he's in garden state as the kind of like loser friend. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, like yeah. I thought everybody was pretty good in this. I agree. So, you know, I think mixed bag, I I'm happy that this movie exists. I would love it if we move in a different direction going forward for Batman. I At think we've ben gone X, as yeah. grim dark as we can go reasonably. Yeah, we got it. And uh yeah, I mean go see it if you want to see it. If you don't want to see it, you're not going to miss out on a ton. Um you'll have 3 hours to do other shit cuz it is every fucking second of 3 hours. Um But yeah, I uh I'm like I said, uh, Friday, coming out of the theater. I, I'm good. I'm good. I get it. I get the vision. I get the world. Uh, one was enough for me.
1: Yes, I agree. I mean, I'll repeat what I said after they introduced the Joker on the screen. <sighs>
0: <laughs> A loud audible sigh <laughs> that I started to laugh at. That's how at. I feel. <laughs> no one else laughed at everyone else is like dude the joker uh Uh. and i uh i just said it's jared leto (laughs) and then it was actually the joker but not jared leto thank god thank christ all right well i think that does it for our coverage of the batman uh let's take a quick little break here mike and be right back with more right mike uh now that we've discussed the batman uh we are taking next week off uh both Mm. of us are getting a little busy with our Mm. you know nine to fives so we're gonna take next week off we'll come back we'll do something a little bit different the following week yeah uh but in the meantime uh when you haven't been busy with work has there been any television media movies that you've been consuming outside of the Batman
1: oh gosh what I've been doing um I am reading back through saga Oh,
0: the uh the graphic novel
1: yeah it started in 2002 they took a break back in 2018 and just started back up again in February but I hadn't I hadn't read it in a long, long time, so I had to go back out and get the entire, the compendium, the fifty-five issues from the first, the first round, which weighs. It's in one bound volume that weighs about six pounds. It's so it's difficult to hold in your lap, uh. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's great. It's going to take a while to get through it, um, and get get up to speed with with uh, issue fifty-six, with just which just came out, but. It's a great series. It's imaginative in a way where I'm sure that someone is inspired to do a Netflix series, but it's going to be like you just fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> it's like in a uh, intergalactic forever war. One race has all sorts of different types of wings, like butterfly wings and bird wings and stuff like it's imaginative it follows it's like its own logic that people find unacceptable i think on <laughs> it on screen on screen mm-hmm. you accept a certain type of consistency and in, like internal physics and in, like just visual art you can do whatever you want yeah. um and uh they're fighting against uh just like a bunch of people who have horns and it just sort of, like, embroils an entire galaxy in this conflict. So it's, like, su- a lot of imagination. It's so your
0: classic Horns V-Wings, you know, yeah. S- story.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, very imaginative. That's that's kind of what I've been getting back into. But that, that's mostly been it. So what are, what are you up to? Uh, so
0: one of the things that I mentioned to you when we were together on Friday was uh, I finally... Uh, indulged in steven spielberg's version of west side story yes he told me about that Uh, and uh for those of you who are fans of steven spielberg uh fans of beautiful cinema or fans of west side story i can't recommend seeing it enough and uh there's good news if you don't have disney plus it's on hbo max and if you don't have hbo max it's on disney plus so there's multiple outlets for people to view this thing um Gorgeous, uh, you know. I West Side Story is one of my favorite musicals of all time. Mm. Um, I love the '61 film. Uh, you know, I've yeah, seen it in live gorgeous. production multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I I said to you the other day, and I I stand by it. This is probably my favorite adaptation that I've ever seen, and it is a master uh, of cinema flexing behind the camera after you know people thought he was he was dead and gone after like ready player one and some of his recent sort of phoning it in works but no, he uh he he brought out the big guns for this one and it is a masterpiece
1: that's good to hear yeah i skipped it after seeing some of the reviews but now now i want to go back to it
0: yeah i i really really loved it good um the other thing that I was kind of watching actually yesterday uh, as sort of background TV while I was doing some stuff around the house, like folding some laundry and stuff was I threw on HBO Max's new series from like the creators of What We Do in the Shadows mm-hmm. um, uh, and like Flight of the Concords And it it's sort of of that comedic vein Okay, Our Flag Means Death. I don't know that one. Uh so it just came out. Um I don't I don't know when, but the first three episodes are out on HBO Max again. And it is Reese Darby, I believe, who was the manager oh, for Flood yeah, of the yeah. Concords. He yeah, I love him. He's like a fancy boy <laughs> from I don't know, New Zealand or England. I, it's not clear. Uh but he's like a fancy boy uh-huh. who decided to was unhappy with his, his life with a wife and two kids. And just uproots his life and becomes a pirate, but he, he's like a pussy <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> for lack of a better word. He's just kind of a, a pussy and he doesn't want to kill or, you know, do anything awful. Uh, and his crew of, of scallions is a bunch of people who are basically also failed pirates. Um, and so far, it you know the first episode was a little slow for and a little dry for my sense of humor. Okay, um, but the next two episodes kind of picked up and were a little bit funny. There's definitely some uh, like B and C stories that they're working in through the season uh, that you kind of are getting a feeling for, and and we have when? an appearance of Taika Waititi <laughs> at uh, at Man, some point. He's in the season. so busy.
1: How does he have time for those bit parts and stuff? I Gosh. I don't know. Man. How did I not hear about this? When did this come out? Uh I think just this past week. Yeah, um, I feel um, maybe I'm two weeks ago. It wasn't ago. more advertised. Interesting. Okay.
0: No, but uh really uh, delightful and silly in the ways that, you know, Flight of the concords and especially Great. what we do in the shadows are are just silly. Um So I was very much enjoying watching that. Uh, and then the thing that I'm excited to turn this podcast off and go watch is the new HBO series Winning Time, which is a John C. Riley uh, <laughs> starring series about the uh, building of the Showtime Lakers teams. So is that right? let me just read you off. Yeah, it, right. let me just read you off some of the the cast from this series that's about building the Showtime Lakers. John C. Riley, uh, Jason Clark, who you might not know as well. No, Uh, let's get to some, uh, bigger names. Uh, Adrian Brody. Okay. uh, Wow. He's a dick. uh, (laughs) He's playing Pat Riley. So that works. Uh, (laughs) Sally Field, uh, Michael, Michael Chiklis, Jason Siegel. Uh, let's see. There's some other names in here. Uh, yeah, and then there's, like, a bunch of people, like, playing all the players and shit. Uh, Mike Epps is playing Richard Pryor. <laughs> um, like, I'm super excited to see this. It looks, it's, so it's by uh, Adam McKay, who does, like, you know, he did all of those sort of, like, uh, Will Ferrell. He did Archer. Back in the
1: day. Didn't he do Archer? Did he? Ooh, I don't know about that. Crap. What have I done? Didn't he do Archer. No, he did. He,
0: his notable works, according to Wikipedia, are Anchorman, Teledagonites, The Other Guys, The Big Short, Vice, and Don't Look Up. So he's kind of made a pivot from slapstick, absurdist comedies to like these semi-serious, uh, dramedies. Sure. Uh, and this is like his television take on the Lakers. And I am very interested to see a black comedy about the Lakers dynasty.
1: Yeah. Okay. I that very much
0: look forward to that. So that that is premiering tonight as we record. So I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to watching that first episode this evening.
1: All right. Yeah. I'll check that out.
0: All right. Other than that, do you have uh, anything else that you uh, want to bring up before we uh, go on a little break for a week?
1: I am afraid not. All
0: right, then, for those of you listening along, you can head on over to subjecttoblackout.com to reach out to us, or you can find all of our links to our socials, including Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. And lastly, you can find Mike on Instagram and Twitter at NameTakenPodcast. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me. Cheers, Tim. Cheers.